Hello and welcome to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. I am the Sinski man, Chris Sinski. I am here with Chris Scroggin. Say hi, Chris. Hi, everybody. Jake Barry. Hello there. And Kyle McGuire. Hey, Sinski. Happy to be back. I'm glad you're here. So we are talking about tonight, we're going to look at the last result. Pretty uh, poor performance. We've got some general news that we want to talk about, transfers, and then uh, we also want to look ahead at the next match preview. Pretty excited about this game coming up. And then we've got a fun little wrap-up. The Dyna Death Match, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Who's going to walk out the victor? You're going to have to wait and see. Let's jump into it. The last result was against RSL 0-0. I was sitting up there in Section 220 wondering if we were going to do anything that game. And then uh, Quintero gave me just a glimpse of hope, just a little glimmer. It made me excited. But other than that, pretty boring. Scroggins, you were watching from home, and we didn't get to hear you on the Dyna Bros podcast. So why don't you go ahead and give us a quick little synopsis before we do the good, the bad, and the ugly on that game? Well, I uh, only got to watch the second half, which, thank God, because everything I've heard was the first half was worse um, Mm. because I got uh, blacked out by ESPN+. Plus. But it's okay. I argued with them on the phone for an hour and got it resolved. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm blacked out. I'm 325 miles away from Houston. Like, I'm out of area, guys. Anyway, it was a pretty turgid affair. Uh, the first thing I saw when I turned it on was uh, Zarek Valentin uh, running onto the field. So I'm just really glad that we didn't end up with an own goal. I think I can sum up the whole match in just saying that the only two shots on goal we had were made by our left back. And that's never a good thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Lundy put in a one of the most powerful headers I've ever seen. Um, he put his entire soul into that ball when he hit it with his head. Uh, it didn't. It, it wasn't hit that hard, but it looked like it looked like he gave it. He gave it his college all, and I was just proud of him in that moment. I bet his mom was really happy too with that one. Kyle, what what was the good from that match? You said it on the Dyna Bros podcast. I just want to hear it again. Sure. Yeah. The good was. Second half, like Scroggins mentioned, we brought on Valentin, which uh, was not part of the good, but that started the waterfall of our other good moves off the bench, which was Coco came on, yeah, Quintero came on, you know, with uh, 20, 25 minutes left to play. And they both brought spark. They brought energy. They brought attacking threat, which we lacked in the first half. Fafa made one brilliant run from the left side of the field, put the ball wide on the right side of the post. And that was really our only attack in the first half. And so to see some threat come in in the second half and really put pressure on their keeper and their defense, that was the good for sure. Unfortunately, we didn't take any points from that. Quintero hit the crossbar. Sadly, that was our closest. What a shot. It was a great hit. He cut back in beautifully. It looked so good from where we were sitting in the stands. And uh, unfortunately, it just didn't go in. But that was the good for me. All right, Jake, uh, I said that the bad was just the starting lineup in general. What was your bad take? I think my bad take was pointless possession. You have, what, 60% of the possession in the game, on, the, on the day. That's great. That's good to see. But when you have the same number of shots as the other team, I can only be so excited watching Daniel Starez pass to Tim Parker, pass to Daniel Starez, pass to Tim right. Parker, <laughs> lose the ball down the field. Like, that's... You can only get so excited when that is what your possession looks like. That's going to happen when you're starting midfield is Memo, who I know we love, but has proven time and time again that he is not a star or starting quality when it comes to creating in this league. 
Vera, who puts in a great shift, can win a ball as good as anyone that I've ever seen in the MLS. I need that caveat there. And Darwin Sorin, who has a role to play, but that role is not helping us score goals or <laughs> helping other people help us score goals. Goals are not a thing that he comes close to. So yeah, that, that first half that Scroggins mentioned, which, which was bad, with all of the pointless possession, with never looking like we might create through our midfield. That was my bad. Absolutely. That midfield was a little bit uh, lackluster last night. It just seemed non-existent. I think I read that on Twitter. Uh, our boy Manny said that the ugly was the fact that there was no goals. And then he gave the caveat that there was also a clean sheet, which uh, is pretty impressive for the Houston Dynamo. I will say, I think the defense looked pretty solid. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, the Dyna Bros is our reaction podcast. We're going to do those after the each game. A few of us are going to hop on to a podcast, give our just all out of motion, pour it out there for you guys, and then move on. The Dynamo Faithful is going to be a little bit more level-headed, a little bit cool, calm, collected, a little bit more faith, you know, in the team. The Dyna Bros, that's where it's real, guys. Make sure you hit those up, too. Just not very long, and I think they're going to be highly entertaining. Trust me on that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, look for the Dyna Bros when we drop those on Twitter, the podcast or Spotify, and Apple. Speaking of Twitter, I just want to say we have got the greatest like reception into the community that I could have hoped for. I was really expecting people to think, oh, great, new kids showing up, trying to trying to take over our turf. Who do they think they are? They probably aren't even Dynamo fans. And then instead, we got messages saying, hey, welcome to the family. We're doing these spaces at this time. We're showing up here and there. Um, a lot of people retweeting our posts, retweeting our uh, podcast posts so that other people would listen to those. And we've already got over 100 unique listeners, according to our uh, analytics specialists. So pretty happy about that. In other news, Hector Herrera is on the uh, transfer outlook. Hey folks, producer Ian here with a quick note. We recorded this podcast before the Hector Herrera news became official. So keep that in mind as you hear some of the guys' candidates for freezing cold takes. Now back to the episode. Do y'all think that's going to happen? And do y'all think that's going to be good or bad? Jake, give me your take. I mean, we got to hope so, right? That would be... Bar none, the biggest signing the Dynamo have ever made. There's not, there would not be a close second to this signing. Right now, the biggest signing we've ever made is an up-and-coming striker from the Paraguayan League. And look, I love Sebas just as much as the next guy. Actually, let me rephrase that. I love Sebas more than is healthy. Uh, I love Sebas more than <laughs> if you take 30 people on the street, uh, I'm assuming 29 don't know who he is. I'm the 30th, and I'm head over heels for this guy. But that's still not going to register on the same level as a guy who, what, a week ago played in the Champions League for Atletico Madrid, one of the biggest clubs in Spain, against Manchester United, who I will begrudgingly admit is one of the biggest, if over-hyped, clubs in England. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and the other thing is he's a position of need. Right. Our Absolutely. midfield can do uh, maybe one thing on a good day, and that's cover our defense. That's the only thing that we, we can do when we're clicking on all gears. Right. We can't control the midfield and we can't really create. Hector Herrera, as a player, is going to be a dominant presence in the midfield. He's going to help us keep the ball and he's going to help us move the ball about a thousand times quicker than what we saw against Real Salt Lake. So I think that this can only be a good thing if we get him. Um, I do want to say I've seen way too many people comment in terms of whether he would 
put butts in seats. Do I think he would put a few more butts in the seats? Absolutely. Do I care about that? Honestly, not particularly. I kind of like the stadium not super packed because it makes my tickets cheaper. The thing that I care about is whether or not Hector Herrera would help us win. And I would love, I would love to hear an argument that Hector Herrera would not help us win. So I'll, I'll throw that back to you, Sinsky. I, I want to see if anyone in this room has an argument that would say Hector Herrera does not make the Dynamo better than they are right now. The very first time Chris Strong has ever talked to me, he said, Chris Sinsky, a constant disappointment. And you know what, Jake? I don't think he's going to disappoint you. He's ready to tell you why <laughs> Hector Herrera would be a terrible choice. Tell him, Scroggins, because I got nothing. I This is just pure emotion, dude. I hate Hector Herrera. Like he, <laughs> I, I've watched too many USA and Mexico games, and I, I have zero love for that guy. I, I, I'm so conflicted. I watched... Sebas Ferreira like drop so deeply into our midfield trying to get service trying to get the ball that he's like stand he's giving hugs to Tim Parker they're they're like on top <laughs> of each other like are we running the three-man back line no that's just our center forward trying to get the ball so I I understand 100% how absolutely needed a player of his caliber is on our team he he, he answers every question that we have of our midfield outside of like that creative presence right but we got Quintero we can get another year out of him or so right do we have but, Quintero because he's still not starting <laughs> well dude yeah who knew who knew that uh Nagamura was just the second coming of tab but I just dude my heart is so conflicted I don't know if I can bring myself to cheer for Hector Herrera I, I just don't know if I can. I, I, and I'm just being honest. Like, I, I understand how nonsensical this is, but uh, geez, dude, I don't know if I can do it. Here's the thing, though. One stat we haven't taken into account is how many chokeholds Hector Herrera brings to our team if he joins. <laughs> we certainly we certainly lead the league in that statistic if he joins. And, and I right? might even say uh, the Dynamo have, have really helped us become accustomed. We, we know what it's like to watch the Dynamo choke. Uh, but we don't really know what it's like to watch the Dynamo choke slam Weston McKinney and maybe bringing in Hector Herrera, who, if you ask any U.S. men's national team player what he is most famous for, the answer would be choking Weston McKinney in a, a, a U.S.-Mexico game. I say bring him on in. That's a, that's, a, that's a healthy change of pace. Okay, so let's just get a head count. Jake, you're definitely for. Scroggins, you're kind of against. Kyle? Yeah, I think I'm in. Okay, he, I'm definitely in. Listen, listen. Matias Vera last night got man of the match. Ooh. I looked at Jake last night at the game right after Matias Vera makes a decent tackle in our, on our side of the field. And then he immediately gave the ball away right down the middle of the pitch to the other team. And I looked at Jake and I said, Vera can win the ball back decently. And he certainly can give the ball away much better. <laughs> Hector Herrera, he might win that ball back and he drives that ball up the field and he finds somebody's foot and he puts that ball in play. Like we don't have that midfielder that's able to make that move. And he gets in our midfield right away and he brings so much more to the table than we could probably even expect. We, we all know how Atleti compares to you know, a, a mid-tier MLS team. And, right. and this guy would, he would bring yeah. a lot and he would bring, uh, like Jake said, you know, even though it's, it's not something he cares about, Houston would love that guy and they would come out and support him. And I, and I'd be there too, as much as I'd hate it, as much as we'd all, as much as we've all discussed it in our text group while watching us men's national team games, we'd support him getting uh, getting on the ball in Houston. I'd hate that guy wearing green, but I would love him wearing orange every week. 
There's no doubt about it. Amen to that. I think Hector Herrera might be might be a no-go after that tweet I saw saying that he's not our only option and that things are kind of at a standstill, but I'm hoping it goes through. I did see on Twitter, and I think we I think we retweeted <laughs> it under the podcast, that Hector Herrera's wife now follows the Houston Dynamo, and, and I think we need to note that. Yo, Pat may be playing it cool saying, hey, uh, there's no movement here, but that's movement, bro. So I don't like the guy. I know he'll make the team better, and at the end of the day, I got to support that. You know, and I mean, and if his wife's following the team, that looks pretty good for us, right? Yeah, that's a I, here we I, go I if I've ever up. seen one. <laughs> Get Fabrizio on the line, man. Get Fabrizio on the line. Man, the day Fabrizio mentions the Houston Dynamo, there might be a happy shed tear from my eye. And I'm not a I'm not a crying man, ladies and gentlemen. We also have our eyes set on a young winger out of Brazil. I really apologize if he ever listens to this podcast. Uh, I am a very American speaker, and <laughs> I'm doing my best. But the Aguino, I like scoured the internet, didn't find much. And then, Jake, you posted a whole bunch of stuff on him. You sent me a whole bunch of stuff. So why don't you tell me, what is the Aguino going to bring to the right wing that Corey Baird or Pasher just doesn't? Well, what's he going to bring that Corey Baird? Hopefully, talent. Um, that would be an incredible start. Hey, I a little bit of smooth, uh, mild butter out there. <laughs> mild butter was moving last night. Yeah, he was moving in one direction and losing the ball. That's what he was doing. Lundy gave him a perfect ball over the top. It was clearly going to be a goal, but instead, Corey Baird's like, I'm going to throw this off my chest like an atomic bomb right into the keeper's hand. Mm. And I was disappointed. Uh, Tiaguino, he's, uh, I believe he's 20. He is currently playing for uh, Flamingo. Flamingo's under-20 team. It seems like Scroggins might be the guy to to go to on this. Am I right about that, Scroggins? Do you have this off the top of your head? He is 20, and then I think everything that we need to know about him can be just kind of gleaned from the transfer deal itself. It's a free loan with a $1.5 option to buy. It seems to me that this is a guy that just isn't coming along as much as Flamengo uh, hoped that he would. And so now he's being shipped out and given a chance to like try and get some minutes in Houston and develop a little bit more. I, I'm kind of optimistic about it, but I was optimistic about Bayamich too, and uh, we all know how that turned out. So, so I'm cautiously optimistic on a free loan deal. I mean, why not take a flyer and just see what a guy with high potential can do? You know, it's not like we, we don't need wingers, you know? Yeah. As long as he can cross a ball, I'm not <laughs> going to complain about this move. I watched so many balls like just be thrown around in front of the net, completely aimless. And so I'm really hoping that we have somebody who, like, I don't know, looks at the player that he wants the ball to go to and kind of makes it <laughs> get to that player's head or foot so that it can find itself in the back of the net. Like you said earlier, Sebus was begging for the ball. I think there was like a 20-second period where he had his hands in the air, just letting the defense know, hey, I exist, I'm on this team. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to get me the ball, maybe there will be a goal scored. And it was just, it was heartbreaking to see him just not get the ball. If, if the Iguano... The Aguino is the guy who's going to put the ball at his feet or at his head, which this guy can score headers no problem, then I am all for it. I think uh, Dynamo Dose had a uh, had a big signing put up. Uh, Dyna, uh, Dynamo Insider on Twitter liked to uh, tease us with it. Y'all remember that? Uh, Papa Ndoye. How do you say his last name, Jake? Yeah, that's a great question. I would assume it's Papa Ndoye. 
Doye. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just as American as you are, though, so very <laughs> capable of being wrong. Dynamo Faithful, not sponsored by Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> but if they'd like to. Was... <laughs> We've got the space for it. That's Yeah. <laughs> There's an obvious need. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited about Papandoye getting that uh, contract. He played in a preseason game against Colorado. He played with our second team in the second half. He absolutely belonged on that field. He moved with pace, with power. He was pretty good on the ball. He looked to get into good situations. Uh, He had played for two years at SMU, so he's well accustomed to Texas, even though it is the wrong part of Texas, near Frisco, I believe. It's in the Frisco metropolitan area Gross. yeah disgusting but he's made it to the right part of texas he's earned he he's earned that contract with dynamo dose i really look forward to uh seeing him seeing him break through with the first team i think he's got some real talent all right well i think that's all the uh general news that we really have to cover let's look at the next match that's coming up i'm pretty excited about it it's against sporting kansas city there's a story rivalry here and Chris, why don't you tell me all about that? Yeah, so um, in a lot of ways, I consider uh, Sporting Kansas City more of a rival to us than FC Dallas, to be honest. In the earlier years of the Houston Dynamo, the pre-Matt uh, Jordan years, we met them constantly in the playoffs. And, and the matches were just more competitive. You know, FC Dallas has always been kind of mid-tier or lower, but Sporting Kansas City and us, we, we met in the playoffs all the freaking time and uh they're really the ones that that i love to beat i i mean i love to beat frisco and i'm really loving beating like broccoli fc but uh (laughs) my favorite thing to do on reddit is just to tell sporting kansas city fans how much their barbecue really does suck and and then beat them in soccer you know, we went up against them during the the Beasler, the Zuzi years. But there's one dude that stands out that I just so much just malice towards in my heart, and that's Roger Espinoza. Just look at highlights for him, dude. Like I remember seeing him straight up like punch Brad Davis in the face and somehow not get a red card. Mm. I hate these guys, and and I hate the fact that they have stayed good and we've digressed or regressed. And it also does bother me a little bit that Paulo Nagamura comes from this squad, you know, like, come on, this is pretty uh, frustrating. Anyway, that's sporting Kansas city for any of our newer dynamo fans. Like just go back and look up some highlights. These were like some top tier, just clashes, just dog fights. They, they were fun to watch. It was really fun when we'd win. That's right, it was. Kyle, you got anything to say? Uh, Graham, Graham Zussi just surpassed 30,000 minutes with Sporting KC. Yeah, I mean, it helps when you're like 46 years old, you know. <laughs> you got a lot of time that you can just keep playing. He he holds all those minutes and his beautiful hair. I hope he still has his hair. I haven't seen him in a while, but that was certainly his shining feature. Yeah, I, I, I just don't really have any affection towards Sporting KC, and I'm happy to see they had an opening weekend loss against Atlanta United. 3-1 loss. So great to see that. Hopefully they carry that form into this weekend and we find some form before the weekend. 
but it is an away match, so we'll see. Yeah, I think if we're going to find form, I think we need to really tweak our lineup. We did not send out the best guys. We mentioned that earlier. I think our starting lineup was pretty dreadful for the opening game. I think the fans were incredible. Everyone was expecting greatness, and we got just the most mediocre mediocre, sorry, uh, team that I've seen us put out. So, Jake, what do you think would be a better lineup? What are some moves that Powell can make that proves that he's not a sporting KC guy anymore and that he really is Houston Dynamo man <laughs> through and through. I think if he starts Darwin Seren again, we can safely assume this has been a long con, that he is Sur- still on short count. He hasn't City been around very long. <laughs> Seren went down injured. That's why Coco came in. So there's a possibility that he won't be able to play Seren. You know, you hate to see injuries, but I, I can only be so sad right now. So some changes to the lineup. Yeah, I think he's going to have to balance pragmatism in his midfield, which is what we saw in our opening day against RSL, a a painfully pragmatic defensive midfield. We're going to need that on the road against SKC. They're they're a team that we've poached one of their young coaches because their program has been consistently good. As much as I hate, absolutely despise, super mega loathe to say it, they're a decent team. And so we're going to have to go on the road and defend, but we absolutely cannot come out there and just not create. And that's what we saw against RSL. So I'd, I'd love to see either Coco or Darwin. Quintero, the better Darwin, the scientist of goals, uh, get a <laughs> nod in the midfield. And I would also, and, and I will not stop saying this, I would love to see... Corey Baird on the bench to start a game. Uh, I think he and we joke and we call him mild butter, but he really doesn't add much to the attack. His his passing percentage, his accuracy percentage from the last game, I'll say this, was alarmingly high against RSL. He's getting the ball and making really, really low risk, low reward move, which is great when you're Tim Parker and you're in the back. It's great even when you're Matthias Vera and you're our, our defensive mid who's tasked with being safe and and making sure that we keep the ball and don't give the ball away in a bad area but he's playing right wing right we need him to take some risks with the ball we need him to create we need him to get the ball through to Sebas or maybe just into the back of the net and we've just not seen that from him on the bench we do have Tyler Pasher who for starters if nothing else at least he's left footed right if we're going to play with a winger that cuts inside at least let him cut inside on his stronger foot and secondly last year through the first 10 games of the season his first 10 games of the season i should say he had some injury trouble he scored four goals and registered two assists if he can be anything approaching that form he will be miles better than anything Baird has done since his rookie year, which admittedly was good, but he's been riding that rookie year since. If Corey Baird ever listens to this podcast, he's going to have words with me. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) It's all right. In one of our future segments, we'll talk about uh, who we can beat in a race, and I've got you. (laughs) All right. Kyle, you got anything to add about that lineup? What's a, what's a big change? I know you were big on Darwin and Coco needing to play. What's a big change for you? Sure, yeah. Get those guys in the midfield from the get-go. You know, let them start creating early. Dorsey, and I don't know if we've talked much about him yet. He started on the right back against RSL. And like you mentioned, Jake, Bear just didn't really do a lot, take a lot of risks. Dorsey, I think, took those risks for him. Dorsey bombed that right side of the field his entire half of play and Lundy became kind of the, you know, almost the third center back. He sat in a little more. 
he didn't create and link up as well with Fafa. And then the second half shifted a bit. We brought Valentin on and he became the sitter, whereas we could get Lundy involved. He had that nice left-footed strike, unfortunately, right at the keeper. I'd like to see a little bit more of that. And if Dorsey is going to be that guy then yeah, get Pasher on the field to almost act as a little bit of a shadow striker. Like let the guy kind of sneak in a little more and take shots on goal. We know he can put a ball in better than Baird. It's nice having that left-footed option cutting in. Yeah. I think I think I agree with Jake that we got to get him involved. Jones, Derek Jones was on the bench. It'd be nice mm-hmm. to see him get a little bit of time, especially uh, like you mentioned, Darwin Seren, you know, might've picked up a little knock. If Jones could come in and add some steel to the midfield, I'd like to see it, especially against KC where we, we know it's going to be a fight and we know it's going to be a struggle. If we could get a little bit of a uh, grind in there and somebody that can fight a little bit for us yeah i'd like to see that okay scroggins what about the defense our defense was probably the best part of our team in the opener but teenage is on the bench zika was at the game in the box watching any chance he gets on the field what do you think? I was just looking at that. I would love to see uh, Teenage Hadebi starting for Daniel Steris. I mean, I love Steris, but he's old and he was really brought in just as like depth for our bench for the center back position. If Zekas is fit and healthy and ready, I, I don't see how Dorsey starts as good of a game Dorsey as Dorsey had. You know, Zegas is Olympic gold medal winner with Brazil. It's That's I mean, right. it's just going to be hard to uh, for Dorsey to hold on to that spot. I have seen chatter regarding Zekas that he can be hot or cold, but I'll take that right now, like two times, because that hot is going to be better than probably what we have right now. And that cold is probably still going to be, you know, more spicy than mild butter. And hey. it's going to be great. Um, I was actually thinking... You know, Sporting Kansas City plays a 4-3-3, uh, and I wouldn't mind, honestly, I would not mind seeing like a 4-4-2 diamond because we have wingers that can't wing, and we have a whole lot of just absolutely bang average midfielders. So let's just cram an extra midfielder in the <laughs> midfield, and maybe like by their powers combined, they can be some form of Captain Planet that can be our hero. And we can put, you know, maybe. say, us in in Fafa up top just to you know so they'll be one-on-one against center backs and I kind of like that matchup I like the idea of a center back trying to stick with Fafa as he's making runs we can put Darwin Quintero at the top of the diamond so he can just do his feeding thing you know and if we have Lundquist and Dorsey as our as our fullbacks those guys are ideally suited to provide the width and bomb up the the wings and then we still have three midfielders that all lean defensive anyway right so then we can put in our our Vera god forbid Darwin Seren or or Derek Jones or even Memo it can be more of a shuttler or Coco Karaskia can be more of a shuttler and I think we still have the defensive cover we need and it just puts more pressure on on the back line of sporting kansas city which i i think is great and and additionally we don't have to worry as much about sporting kansas city's attack because alan polito is out for the season so they're going to be re- relying on the very hotter cold daniel shallowy and then we we just really have to focus on johnny russell he's the biggest threat that they have up top and i, I like those odds i i like i would like to see teenage hadibi or Tim Parker put Johnny Russell in the dirt a couple times. Amen. Just watch him crumble. I know it's outside the box and you didn't ask for any of that. What we saw last week against RSL was more of the same of last season. So let's just freaking try something, you know? Yeah, man. Um, I hear that. Okay. 
I hope Paolo Nakamura is listening. You know he is. You know he is. I think he's a dynamo. Why else would we make the pod? Right? (laughs) The pod. (laughs) So, So, Kyle, I got a question for you. We saw a flash of thunder, a glimpse of lightning for about 10 minutes oh boy. at the end of, at the end of the home opener when Thor stepped stepped foot on the pitch. <laughs> Scroggins is talking about maybe having two up top. Does Thor get in anywhere up there? What do you think? P- put that guy on the field, man. That dude came sprinting onto the field with eight minutes left to play, maybe. And he took up the right wing position. He got involved right away. He, he had a nice little link up on the side with Valentin, unfortunately. And uh, he had a nice little left-footed back heel. He just got himself involved. And yeah, I think we want, you know, Jake mentioned it on the on the first episode, I think. But Houston has this reputation of just being real jerks on the field. We've lost that in the most recent seasons. And Thor, I think, brings that. Everybody knows about his Duke video of just messing with the keeper <laughs> and just mocking him relentlessly. And then getting shoved Beautiful. to the ground and rolling around as if he was the victim. Like, yeah, yeah, put that guy on the field and let him just go to town on that defense. Okay, so Scroggins gave us his lineup. Uh, Kyle, do you agree? Do you have any changes? Do I agree? Sure, yeah. I think uh, Scroggins is spot on. I trust him with my life. I trust every decision that he's ever made. <laughs> I think we I think we roll out. The same defense works for me. I, I want to give some credit to our, to our defense from the RSL game, Stairs and Parker. Jake, you mentioned that they passed the ball really well between themselves. And they did, but they also, I think, kept a good lock. I don't think RSL posed much of a threat, so it's, you know, it's it's not a particularly good game to base their performance off of. But they never looked out of place, never looked like we were getting unlocked, which I like to see. So I'd be fine them keeping their place. I'd also be okay with Teenage coming in. Dude's great. He had a he had a great summer at the Afcon, so I'd like to see him get back involved with the team. I think our changes need to be in the midfield. I think we got to get Coco at least on from the beginning. I understand Quintero is old. Absolutely. Maybe he just he just needs to be that super sub. But I think Coco needs to be the one driving the midfield from the kickoff, from the from the first whistle. Everything else, I'm okay with whatever decision Paolo makes. Wingers, Sebas has the has the striker spot, you know, locked up. Fafa played a played a decent game, so he's gonna have his spot. Everything else can rotate, but Coco's got to be the guy in the midfield. All right, I'm going to give you all the real lineup. You guys are crazy. Here's how <laughs> it goes. You've got Lundy, <laughs> then you've got Teenage and Parker, of course, and then you've got Zika on the right. I think he's going to make a surprise appearance. I'm all about it. Then we're going to have Vera <laughs> at defensive mid. The guy puts in a great tackle. Then we're going to start Quintero and Memo. I don't think Memo deserves it, but I think that's who he comes on. Memo uh, always deserves it, Chris. Okay. My apologies, Memo Rodriguez. I think the game passed you up five years ago. Wow. He <laughs> <You> ain't wrong. <laughs> but I think I think Mimo is solid, and I think that's just it. He's solid. He's going to be okay. I think Quintero is going to be able to get a little wild, and Mimo and Vera will be enough to make sure we don't get destroyed. And then on the wings, obviously, you've got Fafa up top on the left. He's so fast, and one of these days, he's going to accidentally put a goal in the net. And then... <laughs> be uphill from there. Sebas up top and then on the right wing supporting him. I, I want to see Pasher get the get the start. I think you're yeah. right there, Jake. Let's see what, what he can do. Corey Baird's more of a forward forward, you know, center forward. Putting him on the wing, I think, kind of takes away some of his best qualities. And I think Pasher is much more suited there. That is the starting lineup. Okay. Y'all heard it here first. Powell, give me a call if you want to discuss it further. 
Okay, so let's go ahead and wrap up this pod. We're going to have a fun little segment. We like to call it the Dyna Death Match. This is where we'd pick two players. We put them in a uh, octagon or a street, one on one, mano a mano, and only one man's coming out. All right, the names in the title. It's Dynamo players. They fight to the death. Who's coming out alive? We're each going to give our quick little take on who it is. I'll go last. Okay, so Scroggins, we're looking at Sterez versus Parker. Two rough, gruff, mean fighting machines. Who do you think comes out alive? Oh, dude, that's a, for me, that's an easy one. It's got to be Parker, right? Parker's the victor here. The dude was in, uh, sure, like he started his career in Vancouver, but that's where he learned to be good with an axe. And then he moved <laughs> to New York and he learned how to be mean. And then he's a ginger. So that means that there is nothing outside of the realm of possibility for this man. The bloodlust is real. And the dude is built like a freaking tank. I think he just rips stairs apart and walks away. No problem. Okay. Okay. Fine points. Fine points. The thing about the axe, a little, little scary. You thought about that. <laughs> Kyle, stairs versus Parker. Who you got? It's got to be Parker all day. And it's, and it's simply the red hair. <laughs> You never know. You never know what a red haired person's going to do. You don't know what they're capable of. And he's going to be he's going to come out on top. So you're telling me that Ed Sheeran is someone that you don't know what he's capable of. Can Ed Sheeran be stopped? (laughs) (laughs) Number one single after number one single. He's capable of writing an incredible love song, Sinsky. So we know exactly what he's capable of. There's no unpredictability there. Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran tops charts in every category. Timmy Parker tops charts. (laughs) In Dynamo Deathmatch. Okay, Boom. okay. Jake, is this going to be a clean sweep 3-0? Man, I'm, I'm going to take it one step further. You can give Steres the rest of the backline players from the day, and Tim Parker still accidentally kills all of them. <laughs> Doesn't break a sweat. Just thinks he's eating chicken wings. It's like, why is this mild butter? This is a terrible flavor. It has no spice to it whatsoever. <laughs> and then it's over. And yeah, Steres doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, I'm going to throw my vote in for Parker as well. The man wears the captain's badge for a reason. And that's because nobody would even think about trying to take it off his arm because he'd punch him into oblivion. I think Steres finds himself just flattened on the ground and Parker laughs as he destroys him. And that, my friends, is the Dynamo death match. Parker wins. Four zero. All right. So that was the Dyna death match. All fun and games. Um, we love those center backs. Steres, I think he's been a great addition already. He's going to provide excellent depth. And Tim Parker, no man, I'd rather be leading this squad right now. So I'm pretty, pretty happy with the way that went. Four zero sweep for our captain, Tim Parker. We want to thank the uh, Dynamo community, especially on Twitter and Instagram. You guys have been really awesome to uh, bring us in so fully and so com- so kindly. We really are grateful to you guys. Okay, so you can find us on Twitter at Dynamo underscore Faithful, and you can find us on Instagram, Dynamo underscore Faithful. Look out for us there. That's where we'll be dropping our releases for our podcasts. Make sure you're looking for the Dynabro subpod after every match. That's our instant reactions to what happened on the field. There's not going to be analysis, but there's going to be a lot of emotion, a lot of heat, and a lot of fire for sure. We love you guys. We're grateful for y'all. I'm the Sinsky Man. Stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinsky, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Berry, Kyle McGuire, and Emmett Rumfield. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff and marketing and social media from Zach Bolo. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. 
Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful.